they'll probably be given anywhere in terms of a seminar, well, not the same lecture, but if someone's addressing climbing the corporate, corporate ladder, it applies, I'm not putting in the Christian perspective to it, Apostle would do the Christian perspective, that way we split the responsibilities. So, we've got a number of slides, please help me with the first one. I was looking for some images, ah, by now you know that I don't do words. Yeah, you know that, don't you? So it means please bring out your piece of paper, your notepad, because if you don't take notes, you might have to buy the tapes or something in order to pick up the things I'm saying. So I don't do words, I do pictures. Actually, pictures are powerful images. We remember them more. So for some people, the corporate ladder looks like something like this, with you trying to climb up the ladder and someone trying to kick others to keep others down. You know, it's like help. But it's to be accepted, isn't it? You recognize the fact that more often than not in organizations, they're usually more soldiers than there are leaders. If you think about it, if an organization has a thousand employees, there's usually one person at the top, the CEO. So if everybody wanted to climb the corporate ladder, how can 999 people get there? It's impossible. Let's just... It's just impossible. It's not going to happen. Not everyone is going to end up being the CEO of his organization. Let's, are we settled on that? Just accept it. That's fair, isn't it? Or is it unfair? Maybe. Maybe not. Let's have the next slide. The next, the, the next slide sort of like depicts, you know, for some people, the corporate ladder is kind of like smooth, sleek. You know, just climb up with a briefcase, just dress smart, look good, look the part, and you make it up the corporate ladder. Um, that, again, is not quite the case. So if we have the third slide now, please, it's about bursting the myth. Bursting the myth. Um, let's have the next slide. Is this slowing down? Okay. There are a few myths about corporate ladder. There are a few myths. How many people have heard this said before? Work hard and you'll get, you'll go far. Yeah, work hard. Just keep working hard in your place of employment. Just work very hard and you'll go far. You've heard that said before. Okay. That's nice. It's lovely. And when you hear that, I once heard or read about a man who said, I'll give 100%. I'll exert every effort. I'll accept every task. The company will promote me according to my proven results. That's what should happen, isn't it? You work hard. If they're asking for people to stay over time for one hour, you stay over time for three hours. You make sure that they ask for volunteers. You know, we always say volunteer for this, volunteer for that, always, and you keep doing it. Now, the suggestion that as a result of that, you climb the corporate ladder is another myth. It doesn't happen. So the question is, what would distinguish one candidate from the other? Remember the 999 I was talking about. What would make one person stand out? Let me write this down and don't forget it. How well you do your job has very little to do with how successful you are going to be in your professional career. How well you do your job has very little to do with how successful you will be in your professional career. If anyone tells you otherwise, it's a myth. 
It simply doesn't happen. You cannot tell me 999 people out of 1,000 did not do their work properly because if they don't, that company would have gone down the drain. So everybody's working hard. Actually, that's the truth. We're all working hard. Everyone's, as you're working your overtime, someone else is working overtime. And yet, when it comes to promotion, not everyone is promoted. Okay. Now, that's another myth. Now, there's a book I would recommend if you can grab a hold of it. Please grab a hold of it. It's called Empowering Yourself, The Organizational Game. It's written by a chap called Harvey Coleman. I think he wrote it about 1996 or something like that. Harvey Coleman. Playing, it's a, he called it Empowering Yourself, The Organizational Game Revealed. If you can, grab a hold of it. Go to Amazon, pick it up, read. Actually, there's something I've got. Good lesson here. Please, 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 read, 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 read. Learning doesn't kill. It improves the mind. So, what did he talk about? Could you just flip onto the next slide? Please. Ah, he talked about, what does that look like? A pie. I don't know if it's a meat pie. It's taken kidney pie. Now, don't forget that picture. Because that's precisely what Harvey Coleman was talking about. PI is the letters, acronyms P-I-E. Now, according to Harvey Coleman, he suggests that there are three key elements that brings you success in your career. Performance, image, and exposure. So that's why you've got the PI. So whenever you see the PI, just remember performance, image, and exposure. Performance, image and exposure. And just to explain that very, very quickly, can I have the next slide? Performance about, is about how you do your day job. It's the day-to-day work you are tasked with. That's what's on your job description. Actually, if you don't do it well, you shouldn't get paid. So the idea of working hard and getting promotion, that's not the contract that you signed. You're meant to work hard to get paid. That's the deal that was signed. You you were employed to perform certain tasks and to do it well in order for the organization to progress. If you don't do it well, you shouldn't get your pay. Promotion has nothing to do with it. It was not part of the contract. In fact, there is no contract of employment that you would receive that would categorically say that without doubt we'll promote you. They want to keep your services, so they would say we'll train you would equip you for career progression. But they will never say, no one would ever promise you they'll promote you. Make a note of that. It's very important. You're tasked with quality works and the results you need to deliver. The next slide, please. Next slide is about image. So image is about what people think of you, your personal brand. You know, I mean, who am I? Do you maintain a positive attitude? Do you lead solutions on issues? Are you that person that offers roadblocks when others suggest changes? Or are you the one that promotes? You know, there are people who are masters at finding what's wrong with a suggestion. And they never come up with any themselves. Whilst, I mean, in the corporate world, one of the few things I always say is whenever anyone in, my, in a team meeting, if anyone comes up with a good idea or an idea, not forget the word good. The word good is actually a bit of a qualification. If someone comes up with an idea, 
when anyone stands up to criticize or to shoot down that idea, I always ask them to come up with an alternative. People keep quiet very quickly. You'll be amazed how people refuse to talk when they can't come up with an alternative. I might say, well, we want to go to New Cross. Oh, can we go through the DLR? That's one way. Rather than say, oh, it's wrong, it's too far. There's no point saying it's too far by you not giving me an alternative. It's not doing me any good. I want to get to New Cross. So I want to get from point A to B. Actually, without any alternative, my suggestion is the best idea at that point in time. So, it's about how people see image. And the third aspect is about exposure. That's the next slide, please, about exposure. And I, I was looking for an, for an image and exposure, and the only thing I could think about is this lovely picture. I should have borrowed some from Brother Hassan, you know, to get some exposure. But, if you see this sort of image on a, on a shore, on a sea, on a river, something like that, it stands out, doesn't it? So who knows about you and what you do? Does your boss know what you do? Does their boss know what you do? Do others inside and outside the organization know what you do? Or are you the only one who knows you work hard? Well, that's the third part of the pie. Now, I've got news for you. If I have the next... Very, very, the, it's interesting, isn't it? Statistics says, research says that performance, which is the one in blue, which is that one about working hard, staying behind, doing all sort of other works, getting the results you are paid to do, accounts for only 10% of your ability to get promoted. That's worrying, isn't it? So doing your job well gets you only 10% of the way there. Performance. So you know when they talk about performance-related pay? And every year when you're doing your, what do they call it, um, annual appraisal, they're focusing on what? Your performance. All that is for 10% of your ability to get promoted. Now, you would not be surprised to learn that your image, which is that lovely red blob there, the image is responsible for 30% of you getting promoted or climbing up the corporate ladder. Your image is 30%. So all the suits you've been buying and all of that to look good, you've been dressing yourself in that sharp red tie and all of that, great, lovely, but it only accounts for 30%. So 30 plus 10 is still 40%. A whopping 60% is about exposure. And this evening I'm going to talk a bit about what we mean by exposure. To get the promotion you need, to perform, you need to perform well, you need to cultivate a positive image, but you need to proactively gain exposure in your organization. Otherwise, pardon my American accent, you ain't going nowhere. Someone says it's not fair. Well, who says life's got to be fair? Actually, you think about all the times that people have, you've been passed over for promotion. You get annoyed. You get upset. 
So it's not fair. I did all the work and my boss did this. Oh, that person did that. He doesn't deserve it. Who said he doesn't deserve it? He deserves it because actually he got promoted. What is he doing or she doing that you're not doing? Oh, but I was the one that put forward that idea. But who knew you put forward the idea? You whispered it to them, someone else, isn't it? So, it is very important rather than cracking our heads, I'll introduce to us, I'll suggest to us today that your ability to climb the corporate ladder is your visibility. It doesn't negate your need to do your work well, because actually if you don't do the work well, you won't get noticed, or you might get noticed for the wrong reasons. If you don't have the right image, no one would want you to represent the organization. Yes, I know people talk about all sorts of things. Oh, this day and age, you don't have to have a corporate feel. You don't. I'm not talking about every time dressing with a tie. That's not what we're talking about. But there is what we call everyone knows what is decent and what is applicable or appropriate in, a, in your context. In your context. There's no point going up to, to I mean, there's no point running a, a, um, a, an automobile garage and turning up in a suit. If I see you and I've come to service my car and I see you in a suit in there, I expect I'm probably you're the front you're in the front desk. That's okay. But if I go to the mechanic store in behind there and I see you in a suit, I'm worried about the quality of what's going on with my car. Because you're probably looking if I see you in there with a white shirt and everything's sparkling white, I'm wondering no one's touching my car. <laughs> I'd better take it out because it's not appropriate. You go to the farmland or farm farmyard or farm and then you find people in, you know, shiny black shoes on a farm. There's something not quite right. Yeah. So we're talking of, about appropriateness. So in order for you to move and progress in this corporate world that we're talking about, the next slide please. It's about needing to develop your personal vision. The starting point is to develop your personal vision. What do you define as success? You must be clear about what as an individual you're aiming for. Yesterday we said if you plan to fail, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. I turn it around today and I say, well, if you don't have a vision, ah, I think I shared it a few weeks ago when I was talking about um, this lady, Keller, who was blind. Um, and she learned to, she was the first woman that had a, who, who graduated, who had a degree in um, first blind, blind and deaf woman to have a degree at Cambridge University. Um, this, this woman, um, Helen Keller. And she, she said, she was asked, what's worse than being blind? She said, having eyes and not being able to see. And that's not having vision. When you lack vision, when you don't know where you're going, because if you don't know where you're going, you're stuck. And that's what we're talking about there. You need to be clear about what you're, where you're going. Because if you join an organization and you're there, you're not clear where your direction of travel is. Guess what? You'll parambulate. Is that word still existing? You know what that means? Going round and round in circles. The next slide, please. But you need to define success. Next slide. Thank you. What does success mean to you? Your career fulfillment is dependent on your own personal definition of success. You see, there are external objectives that measure things like pay, promotion, status. But there are internal objectives that measure job satisfaction, expertise, contribution. 
Not everyone will be CEO and not everyone needs to aspire to be CEO. It's the truth. You don't need to be. A few years ago, well, many, 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 many moons ago, organizations, pharmaceuticals like Bayer, like, um, um, what's it called? I'm trying to look for another name now. Um, Glasgow Slimpline and all of that. They found out that they were losing, they, 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 was a, they were creating a problem in their, in their professional um, in their professional, on their corporate ladder. They were, they were, in order for someone to earn more, they needed to become executives. So they found out that there were many people who had a passion to do research that were passing up the opportunity to become executives. But at the same time, it was creating a problem because the pay structure that they had was limiting those who decide to follow professional routes, i.e. they wanted to do research. So they decided to introduce a situation where you could carry on earning and being promoted as a researcher and still earn more. You could end up earning more than the CEO because you've been there longer and you've done more work. I mean, as an example, I've got news for you. A few years ago, anyone who's please. A few years ago, before Bob Diamond became the chief executive, when he was looking after Barclay Capital, Bob Diamond was earning more than the chief executive of Barclays at the time, and he was not the chief executive. At that time, he was earning more than the chief executive, and he wasn't the chief executive. That's simply because there was that opportunity within the structure that would enable him to do that. So you need to define what success is in your context. The next slide, please. In order to do that, you need to know yourself. You need to ask yourself, what are my strengths, what are my capabilities, what are my talents, what do I do well, what do I know how to do well? I can assure you, for those who follow football, Joe Art, Joe Art is great at doing what? Goalkeeping. He will be hopeless trying to compete with, uh, with, what's the name of this boy, Vardy? Now, if they start competing on who can score more goals, it's a waste of time, isn't it? Because he knows what he does best and he focuses on his strengths. And you know what? Vardy could score all the goals there are in the world. If that man in the post doesn't keep the attackers of the other team away or at bay, you know what would happen. So it's understanding what your strengths are and then playing to it. That's very, very important. But in building that up as well, in building your strengths, let's go for the next slide. You need to develop what I call soft skills. And please note this, I'll keep just jumping through and listing a few things. What are the soft skills that you need to develop as an individual? The first one I'll say is networking skills. To climb up the corporate ladder, you need to develop very, very good soft skills, and one of it is networking. And we're talking about you having internal and external networks. You need to develop relationships with others in the organization, cultivate mentors and advocates within your organization, and externally as well, join organizations and take on leadership roles within them. Take volunteer for roles, but become leaders in there because you are doing what you are building your network. I mean, one of the, I met someone yesterday and it was, it was something on, on, some, on a professional front. And when we were talking, we discovered that we found the connection because we started discovering the people who we both know at different places. That's about the network. Then all of a sudden, the discussion is softer. Now, this morning, someone needed a help on something and picked up the phone and said, oh, Tyre, we were discussing, you came to mind yesterday. 
Oh. He said, so what? He said, we, we have a problem. We're trying to get, we don't know if you can help us. And I thought to myself, I don't have the answer, but I said, I'll get back to you. Why? Because I knew who I was going to call next. It's about the networks. And because I've called that individual now, we've already arranged for a corporate meeting between the two organizations that is going to happen next. And it's about deals. All of a sudden, no one's bidding for any project here. We're talking about projects that might just end up being some millions. But in the process, you're just, no one's bidding. No one's competing. It's about what? The network. Okay, I'm straight into business now. It's not, it's not about that. But then the other things that you need to do all of that, then you need to be very, very politically savvy. People don't like this one. You say politics. What's politics got to do with corporate world? There's a lot to do with it. In fact, it's got all to do with it. Corporate world in terms of political savvy. You need to be politically savvy. You need to know who likes who and who. Ah. Is that, does that sound strange? Okay. You need to know within that organization who's who likes who, who doesn't like who? You need to know within an organization who, when you say one thing to the whole world, knows. It happens. You know, there are times, I'll, I'll be very, very honest, there are times I want to get a message onto someone else. And because it might be confrontational, if I go ahead, I know who I'll tell, and I know within 24 hours that message will get through. It's, it's called using the, it's politics with a small p. It's allowed. But of course you need to walk into your communication skills as well. That's a soft skill. Communication skills. How you enter a room. How you deliver your body language. If all people remember all the time is you doing this slouching all the time. If you feel, they feel you can't represent the organization. It's about, do you get that corporate feel? Next slide please. We're rounding up slowly. Oh, very quickly, because we've run out of time. So you need to know your audience. You need to know what to say and what they are interested in. And that's when you talk about the audience. I put the audience in four categories. Clients, supervisors and bosses, your colleagues, support staff. In fact, the fifth category is other is the business. The first one is clients. You need to know your big clients. And you know what? Your clients or the customers can promote you. The customers of your company, of your organization, can promote you. There are organizations I call and I say to them that I want such and such person to handle the, the project. So if everyone's asking for that same person to handle the project, guess what the organization is thinking? This person is very precious. So whatever they ask for, they make sure they give it to him and they promote him because he's visible to the, to the clients. The same thing as well with your bosses. Your boss and the boss of your boss and the boss of the boss of your boss need to know what you do. Find opportunities for them to know. Go to the coffee machine when they go to the coffee machine. It's not wrong for you to ask your boss, can I make you a cup of tea? Actually, it's amazing sort of conversations that take place next to the coffee machine and the tea room. Don't avoid those areas. Some people would see their CEO in the coffee room, then they'll turn back. Uh-uh. It's actually the time you need to go in there and always have up on your sleeves a positive question you want to ask about the direction of the organization. Because you know what? He or she will remember you. So it's about, we're talking about going up the corporate ladder. And we're talking about 
Remember what I said about 60% is about exposure. Don't forget the support staff. The last thing you can do is to be rude to the PA of the CEO. You are done for. Actually, the people you look after most are those people that seem like they don't matter. If you call an organization and you're not good to the receptionist, you are finished. You're, it's just, so you need to be mindful of that. Don't think, oh, it's just the gate man. It's just the security. Be courteous and relate with everyone in your organization such that everyone in the organization has a good thing to say about you. It's about exposure. Your peers and your colleagues as well, very, very important. Be friendly, be nice, be engaging, because you want to be their boss someday. If they like you, they'll love you to be their boss. If you always put them down and you roughshod them all of that, hey, you get, you, when it comes to promotion, actually, I've got news for you. Most people that fail in their roles as leaders fail because their team want them to fail. Your entire team can sabotage the entire work you've done. Full stop. You could give all the instructions you like. If they refuse to carry it out, you are failed. The first head that rolls is you as the manager. Trust me. It happens time and time again. Next slide, please. We'll just round up now very quickly. We talk, I've touched on that. That's the customers. That's a picture about the customers knowing your clients. The next one is about um, the boss is always right and when you don't know if the boss is right. If you think the boss is not right, follow rule number two. When in doubt, refer to rule number one. The next slide, please. <laughs> and this one is about your colleagues making sure that they get your man and you know where they are. The next slide, we just round up. Oh, the next one is support staff. Don't use them as tools. That's what that cartoon is all about. Don't use them as tools. Someone said there that uh, the ad said you'll be looking for support staff. Could you be more specific? So they were using them as support. But don't use your, the support staff in your organization as support. And the, th the last slide is about businesses. Understand the business and understand your business. Know about everything to do with your business. And finally... You'll be glad to know that it was meant to be question time, but we've run out of time this evening. And we have two, two questions. Anyone who has a question, Apostle said we should have asked two questions. We've got room for two questions. Praise the Lord. I did a whistle-stop tour there. I hope you got something out of it. One, two. Okay. Pastor Elizabeth first. This is a question for... Um I would say maybe people mid-career. How do you know when is the right time to move? Because I've often heard, oh, if you stay too long in an organization, then other organizations may not find you appealing. But then, you know, we also have the argument on the other side that actually if you stay longer, you have more experience and more, more time to kind of get your teeth sunk into what the business does and understanding, you know, the wider you know, view of that industry to be able to be equipped with the tools to move on to your next place. Thanks. That's a very useful question. Very, very nice one. It's when do you know what time to move and what's the right average time? The length of stay in an organization is not as critical as the role that you're performing within that organization. It becomes a problem if you're stuck in the same role for so long. So if you were 
you were in an organization doing the same job for about three years, I said two to three years, by the time you get to the fourth year, if you're not getting promoted, it might simply be because you are doing one of the two things we said before. You are doing your work very well. You are staying extra time. You are doing it diligently. And you probably have the right image, but nobody knows what you do. So if they're promoting people in the organization and others are getting promoted, then there's a problem. But I, I was with one organization for about ooh, 16, 15, 14, 15 years, but no two years stay the same. My job title changed and my responsibility changed every two years or three. So there's a change. Even though I've stayed within one organization, I was rising within the organization. Or, indeed, when I became an executive director of the organization, I was an executive director in that organization for about 10 years. My portfolio kept on changing every couple of years. It was expanded, more responsibility, there was growth. So there was a change, and I could describe that. And incidentally, when I write my job, my, my CV... I don't write one CV, executive director, and leave it there for 10 years. People start wondering what's going on. I explain what I've done in each one of those stages, and I break it down. So that's the, it, it, the timing is more to do, with, um, to do with when you, if you've mapped out your career path, we were talking earlier on about knowing where you're going. If you map out your career path, you would know when it's time for you to move and when it's time for you to start looking. But it's less of an issue with the organization if you keep doing something more challenging it's also very very limiting if you keep doing the same thing for five years if you just i mean it's it's a problem it's not challenging enough you get you get rusty does that help thanks thank you sir um, my question is very personal to me, so I could own to what you're talking about. Because I just moved into the corporate world, and um, number one, I don't understand the culture. And so the problem I had was when I got there, everything, I was first of all given a task to fish out what is not right in the organization. So when I picked it up, the director was like, oh, Janet, you got this right. And the manager there, I was actually more educated than her. So what they're now doing is, anything I find out and I need to go and do like an assessment or anything, they say, oh, we'll give it to the senior person to do. But I'm the supervisor that meant to do it. So gradually they're trying to really get me. So I get to the office, I get to my desk, I have a job to do, but they'll say, oh, we've given it to somebody else. So... Now I'm in a leeway, like um, I don't know, like a crossroad. I'm praying now, but like I'm feeling a little bit like void and not full of that energy that I got there when I started. I don't know what to do because anything I want to do, they won't let me to do it. So, and if I had, what I've thought of talking to the director who actually employed me, but the director we asked the manager what's going on, and they're all friends. And I'm the only black person there. Okay. So, I mean, Praise I the Lord. You've got an interesting challenge. I'd like to, we could, we could have a chat afterwards. But one of the, if, you, if you feel like you're in that sort of like situation, that you can identify with that, I mean, it would be lovely to be able to have a bit of a chat outside with you on that one specifically. But on a general note, what I would say to you is this. You need to recognize, you know what I said earlier on about the categories of people you need to, understanding your organization, your supervisor and your boss, they need to be your friends. 
the fact that you'd end up being the boss, your boss's boss, is not a problem. And at times, you might be well, when I joined the organization, well, actually, the organization I stayed the longest in or at, um, when I joined, I remember once the training, the, the, the director of training was very, very upset and was about to leave the organization. And he said, Tyler, look, you've got more degrees than all of the executive team put together. No, she meant it. And she was very serious. And, and yes, qualification, academic qualification, I had more than those of them put together. But I would never put my qualifications in that organization. I would never put my qualifications against my name because I know that my chief executive and others did not do that. They don't have it. But what I did was to make sure I became their closest friend. So you know what? They trust me so much. They want me on their side all the time. And actually, they were the ones responsible for ensuring that I rise within the organization. Because that person that is your boss can hinder your career. But if you are their friend, different. Become, because I, there was something I wanted to say here. I, was, I meant to say that the first person you have to make to look good is your boss. She might be less educated, less academically qualified, but she's, she has more exposure. He or she has more exposure, more politically savvy. They know, you just said it, they're friends. So actually, if anyone's going to lose their job in the organization, it's not going to be that individual. The fact that they don't know as well as you is irrelevant. So that individual needs to be a very good friend of yours. Don't worry, actually, when it's that bit. And at times, really, your career might not end in the organization. What you want to do is to know and learn what you need to learn, and it would enable you to go elsewhere, because there are some organizations where the boss is going nowhere. Uh, there have been times in my organization where I've told a member of my team, I'm not leaving yet, but you've got the ability and let's work together. There were at least two people, they, they wanted to resign. At, one person wanted to resign at one point. He said, oh, I'm leaving and there's no promotion opportunity because Tyler is not going anywhere. I said, look, that job you've got now is not good for you. He said, what do you mean? I said, don't worry, when the right one comes I'll be the first one to recommend. I met him last year. He cannot stop thanking me because there are people who became directors as well in various organizations because at that time I was still within my organization. But I could enable them to develop and to rise up. And we have friends. We're colleagues, first and foremost. Colleagues. Does that help? Let's have a different discussion about your specific situation. I don't think it's for the microphone. <laughs> Put your hands together for the Lord. The Bible says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will exalt you. You know, when it comes to troublesome office environment, and of course to cozy office environment, the first thing in your consideration must be, let your light shine in the darkness. The word of God is so detailed, all what pastor is telling you are all principles from the scripture. And this is the reason why you must make sure you apply the scriptures anywhere you are. It will make way for you. Before I will invite um, our guest minister for tonight, you know, he'll be going up to minister from the podium. We thank God for the impartation you have been hearing. Yesterday is about business. Today is about climbing 
been the corporate ladder. And tomorrow we will go further into um, the men who change their world. But tonight we have a man of God among us. Martin Luther King said, Junior said, Nothing in this world is more dangerous than sincere ignorance and conscientious stupidity. All the information that Pastor Toyo has given you is to help you to be equipped in knowledge. Because ignorance is a great killer. It is a venomous thing of the devil by which the devil can paralyze a brighter tomorrow. And conscientious stupidity is we have this advertised and you know how many people come on Sunday. Who needs what you are hearing? Where are they? It is conscientious stupidity when a man, you know, had an opportunity to improve himself and he deliberately and consciously exempted himself from such blessing. It is conscientious stupidity. Also, all what you have heard here, when pastor was speaking, I expected that you had written down in two dimensions, which is principle of cognitive reasoning. One, you wrote down everything he said. You to know. And secondly, you wrote down everything, you know, that he said that you will implement. And when you go home tonight, you will read everything he said. Why you will also read the lines of action that came to you in the area of application of some of the things he has said in your own personal life. And that will give put in a position of strength, not to be conscientiously stupid like Martin Luther Jr. said. We will make sure that we do not waste the time that we have. Let's stand up on our feet. We're going to pray. And then I will invite the man of God. Let's lift up our voice and pray for insight tonight. That God will fill us with the spirit of wisdom and insight and understanding. Lift up your voice and pray. Lord, we ask for the spirit of insight. Oh, sovereign Lord. Give us the spirit of insight. Ask the Lord, let what I hear today be mingled with understanding. Enable me to implement everything that you have spoken. Lord, I told us on Friday night vigil. Before this convention started, that this week we mark it on around. It shifts completely. And we can see it. We can see it. Father, we bless your holy name. We exalt and magnify thee. In Jesus' anointed name, we have prayed with thanksgiving. Well, each today to Receive the ministry of this man of God, Reverend Ewosho, Reverend Kola Ewosho. This is a man that God raised up and sent to the northern region of Nigeria. 
and the heartland of the most troublesome part of the region. You all, you all heard about Chibok. The power that governs the whole northern region is in Kano. And in those days that God sent him to Kano, it was the time that Christianity was just trying to penetrate. So when you talk about practical encounters and experiences of how God can turn an insignificant thing 